If you want to be a premier cop, then you need to learn from the premier police training company in the land. Of course, I'm talking about Street Cop Training. They've got dozens of instructors out in the field right now, sharing their expertise in narcotics, interdiction, report writing, first aid, mental health, case law, and just quality police work. And those aren't even all the topics. There's literally something for everybody. I've attended several classes myself, and I can tell you that these folks cannot miss. Dennis Benino, the owner, is doing massive things for the world of law enforcement at a time when everyone else seems to be running away from it. Street Cop Training is literally the best in the business. Check out their private Instagram and join their law enforcement-only Facebook group to get free trainings, and then check out upcoming in-person and on-demand trainings at streetcop.com. You will not be disappointed. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. This week on the 108 podcast, guided meditation with Amy Beckler. A lot of where our anxiety comes from is worrying and ruminating about what happened in the past or the future. It's really living in the present moment and being intentionally aware of what is going on without judging or criticizing. And when we get dispatched to a call and we arrive on scene, there is never more important moment than being in the moment than in that time. And so we have to be really intentional about carving those times out of our day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the 108 Podcast, episode 215. Today, we are talking guided meditation. We've got Amy Beckler. She is a licensed social worker from the great state of Florida. Great, because I live here. And we are not going to talk mental health. Well, we are, but we're going to be talking about it a little bit differently this week. We are actually going to be talking about it in the realm of taking care of yourself. We're kind of, listen, so... When I, when I talk to Chris Matakis, when I talk to Ben, and when I talk to Dr. D, we talked about mental health as a whole and, hey, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. Now, Amy, this week and next week, Erica Gaines with TAC Mobility, we're going to be talking about self-care. How can you take care of yourself? How can you make yourself last longer? Listen, Street Cop just came out with this infographic today. Uh, it was earlier today. They said... Uh, this is from Tom Walsh, one of their instructors. He teaches uh, Rookie to Retirement. says the average lifespan of the average U.S. citizen is 79 years. The average lifespan for a U.S. police officer is 57 years. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that and then also couple it with thinking about when do we get into the job and how long do we last in the job. So think about this. Okay. If Let's say where I used to work, it was a 25-year uh, 25 years you had to do there, right? So let's say you get started at 25, then you're getting out at 50. That means you have seven years left, seven years left to live on average. 
And that's saying, that's hoping that, you know, your stress levels aren't too high. That's saying that you take care of your body. And listen, we can't all retire and look like Tom Rizzo. It's just not going to happen, okay? That man is an Adonis, okay? Um, you know, we not everybody takes care of their body. I know that I don't. I'm working on it, but I don't. By the way, if you don't, listen to my Nick Wall thing. Start, go, y'all need to start working with him, man. Listen, you guys want to get your butts in shape. He is a great start to it. Uh, because remember, abs are made in the kitchen. But anyway, it's it's very unlikely. We, I talk about it later in the episode uh, when we're talking with Amy. You know, my dad, he was he was overweight. He had high blood pressure when he retired. He, um, let's see, he, he retired in 1996. In 2004 is when he had his first stroke. Um, so that's less than 10 years. So he had less than 10 years. And, I mean, he lived till 2017. But, I mean, his quality of life was not something that people want to brag about. It's definitely not what they're going to be handing out um, in re- in police recruiting brochures. I mean, he lived. We took great care of him, but his quality of life was not that of, you know, someone who served his community for 26 years. You know what I mean? So it's... That being said, we all need to kind of take that into account. Listen, I, I want to make it very clear that I am not telling anybody to leave this job. Don't leave law enforcement. I think it's a great thing. I think it's very important. And those that do it are so important to society. But you need to take care of yourself. You really need to check in with yourself and make sure that you are okay. And this job, and I, I said it in an Instagram post today, is the most toxic relationship I ever was in. I loved it. I gave it my all. I gave it more than my all. I put myself through exhaustion and, you know, bad mental and physical health because of it. And for what? For what? Because the moment I left my agency, life carries on, right? And that's that's with anybody, any agency, life carries on. Um, I used to always think that, you know, I was going to leave a legacy behind wherever I worked. I didn't like the idea of, you know, hey, you're going to retire and in in two rookie classes, they're not even going to know your name. And it's very true, man. It is very true. For every arrest you've done, every car chase, every foot chase, they're going to forget you as quick as you showed up. As quick as you showed up and got away, that's how quickly they're going to forget about you. It's just, it is what it is, man. So that being said, you have to keep account of what you have to go home to, your family and yourself. Mostly yourself, because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of your family. So just stuff to think about, guys. And that's going to kind of lead into our mindfulness exercises and episode today. I really hope you guys take note of it. And anybody that's kind of a naysayer of it, I hope this is going to kind of make you rethink that. Because this is actually pretty amazing stuff. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is my interview with Miss Amy Beckler.
All right, we're back, and I hope you are ready to relax because we are talking with Amy Beckler, and she is going to teach us all about how to relax ourselves and in a healthy way because I know some people, lots of people in this profession, have negative coping mechanisms that they use to relax themselves. But the thing is, over that period of time, that's going to eat away at you either on your brain, on your body, uh, on your relationships. This is healthy. I have done things like this. I'm speaking from experience that this is healthy. It is good. So without further ado, welcome, Amy. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, I'm feeling excited, really. I, I can't wait to share about mindfulness meditation. And as you said, just how it can help people to relax even more, especially in your profession in a very stressful job, a, a stressful system. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and share some tools. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about it. I think a, a problem, and I've said this before, I've said a lot over the past month that <laughs> mental health for the law enforcement community, mm-hmm. severely underserved. Um, but what I've been trying to do for the past month is explain to people, um, you know, to to be aware of what they're feeling, of what's going on. And that's basically the 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 foundation of mindfulness is knowing what your body's doing. But before we get into that, um, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us about your background, tell us how you uh, were brought to us today, and then we'll kind of start picking apart all this stuff and start relaxing. Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, as you shared, my name is Amy Beckler. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I am also a registered yoga teacher. I've been practicing yoga for the last 12 years. Prior to that, I was a professional dancer, grew up competing and dancing and absolutely loved to perform and entertain, but then found found yoga in college as a way for me to combat all of the stressors of being a college student, being, you know, independent and out of the home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, And for me, I was just going through some really dark times personally, and I found the practice of yoga. And at first it started as a physical practice for me, and then it became this deeper way for me to connect my mind, my body and my spirit and really just have a space where I could go to and just completely relax and let go of, mm-hmm. of what I was going through mentally, you know, emotionally at the time. Um, I loved it so much. I did my yoga teacher training in 2016, got um, registered as a yoga teacher and um, have been teaching for the past, I guess, six years now, which has been amazing. And um, got licensed this year as a clinical social worker, as I shared. So I have mm-hmm. my own private practice where um, I guide people through their healing journey. And I bring in all sorts of different somatic tools, Eastern practices, such as mm-hmm. meditation, mindfulness, breath work. Um, and yeah, you name it as, as it relates to that. I, I'm practicing it, sharing it, and I absolutely love it. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so you said that you were in college when you were first, um, exposed to yoga, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. <clears throat> gotcha. I think I want to say probably the same. I don't, I don't do yoga. I, I am interested in it. I just haven't done it yet. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things. Oh, Rogan talked about it. So I got to check it out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I'm not there yet. Uh, I definitely need to, but for me, you know, and this is the ignorance of me up to, I don't know, probably a year or two ago, yoga was always like, oh, that's, that's stretching. That's like glorified stretching. I don't, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not cool. Right. right. Um, but yoga is obviously so much more than that. 
It is. It's so much more than that. And in my training, I learned that there's eight limbs to yoga. Mm. So the, the stretching, as you said, the movement practice is just one of the limbs of yoga. The other limbs are the meditation and the breath. And that brings us into the mindful experience, right? Mm -hmm. And there's several others, but I won't get into all that because we're here to talk about meditation and mindfulness. Yeah, Yeah. but it's just an amazing way to, yes, like get that that deeper stretch, but it brings you into the present moment. It deepens your awareness of yourself and Mm -hmm. it allows you to direct your attention to your own experience as it is unfolding moment Mm -hmm. to moment right? Like we live so much in our heads all the time. So like, let's get down into our bodies and like greet our bodies with an open-minded curiosity and acceptance. And that's what mindfulness is all about too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, yes, we are always in our minds. I am, I'm notorious (laughs) for that. Um, But also we are just always on the go things, you know, we're instant gratification culture. Things are just being thrown at us all the time. So I feel like nobody, you want to talk about being an underserved community, nobody or not enough people take the time to just slow everything down yes. and and you know i'm sure we're we're about to go into it but takes any time it doesn't have to be 15 minutes an hour it could just be a moment just to like center calm yourself and just like where am i what am i doing and then proceed no so many people don't do that so let's talk about mindfulness let's talk about what the practice is um, you know, how it affects our bodies and we'll just kind of roll from there. I love that. Yeah. So mindfulness is really being in the present moment and paying attention to the present moment exactly as it is. So what does that mean when I say that? It means rather than worrying about what has happened a minute ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, or what might happen in the future, which is a lot of where our anxiety comes from is worrying and ruminating about what happened in the past or the future. It trains us to respond skillfully to whatever is happening right here, right now. And I know that probably sounds really difficult to achieve mm-hmm. because as, as you, you know, echoed that I shared, like we spend so much time in our thoughts and our minds, but in some, it's really living in the present moment and being intentionally aware of what is going on without judging or criticizing the self or others. Mm-hmm. which is so challenging in a society that like at its core is like judgmental and critical, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, so it's basically unlearning everything that we've like learned and been conditioned to believe and like letting go of all of that and just coming back to center, like coming to the breath, as you said, being aware of your feelings, your emotions, Maybe it's before we respond to that call or before we get out of the car to talk to that person, it's taking three deep breaths just to ground and center ourselves to really, you know, feel into our bodies, notice, okay, like I'm feeling triggered right now. Why? Like maybe this person is evoking an emotional response in me that I experienced Mm -hmm. before. They remind me of a family member or a, a traumatic experience from my past with someone else. Like, what is it and how can I soothe myself in this moment so that I come from a space of responding rather than reacting? Yes, I think that's absolutely true. And I feel like, you know, we in law enforcement, when we get dispatched to a call and we arrive on scene, there is never a more important moment than being in the moment than in that time. Because when you're not in that moment in that call, that's how you set yourself up to being hurt. Uh, to getting ambushed. And this should be whatever your tour of duty is, but you know, you're setting yourself up for some nasty stuff. If you're not in the moment, if you're, 
and they always tell you, you know, leave home at home when you come to work and everything. But who really does that? I mean, you, you know, you, it's hard to, you know, if you got bills due or you've been fighting with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. it's hard to leave that at home. So taking this small practice of mindfulness, or let's say you are in the moment, so to speak, and you're dealing with a guy on a call and he is just berating you and yelling at you and whatever. Well, instead of, you know, um, reacting and, and punching the guy in the face, uh, maybe, you know, take a few deep breaths when you go back to your car to get a statement or something and acting uh, more appropriately. So you said that you had some, I think you said some statistics regarding the uh, impacts of being mindful. Is is that what you said? Yeah. And, and like the benefits of it too. I want to mm-hmm. share that it, it, the benefits of mindfulness is that it reduces depression. Mm-hmm. It improves focus. It reduces ADHD symptoms improves self-control, improves social skills, reduces aggression, and it it boosts morale too, just as us as humans, you know, as, as employees. Um, and there's just so many benefits. Like think about when we're in that like heightened state, right? Where we're feeling like stressed, what's happening is there's two hormonal chemicals associated with stress and those are cortisol and lactate. And so that like is an immediate rush to the brain. And so what meditation does is it does the opposite of that. It balances it out by signaling the release of endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine, which are are all of the feel-good chemicals, right? So mindfulness Mm -hmm. and meditation then counteracts all of that to reduce pain, to improve digestion, to lower blood pressure, to improve sleep, improve mood. And what I'll share with my clients, if, if they're having trouble sleeping, Put on a meditation at night, something that's going to guide and relax you or some sort of, sort of like mindful recording that you can start to focus on that instead of all of the things that happened that day or the recent loss you experienced or, I mean, those are good things to like sit with and be with so that you're not fully distracting from your yourself from your emotions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when your mind is racing and you're having a hard time like settling into sleep, it's good to just put something on that can help to reduce and calm the mind and the body. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I would do um, when I was just a just a brand new little baby cop. Um, I was having trouble sleeping and um, having you know issues transitioning to <clears throat> different ni- uh, night shift problems and everything. And I was told to check out Headspace, the uh, the app for the phone. And I was told by actually a jujitsu instructor of mine, he told me about it Mm -hmm. and jujitsu, or I'm sorry, not jujitsu, Headspace is free. Uh, I'm in no way sponsored by Headspace. I'm just letting you guys know that it's out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have, it's free. You can do, I think, 10 sessions and then you got to pay for it if you want to keep going. Um, But there's no reason why you can't just keep doing those 10 10 exercises all over again. Um, But then I did, I did start paying for it. And you can do like a yearly subscription, which is what I did. And um, that's what I would do. I would put on one of their uh, meditations because you can buy like a pack and be like, oh, this is a 30 day pack. This is whatever. And I would do every every night before I went to sleep, I would put it on. And some nights it would like lull me into sleep or it would get me to the point of when I would um, be done with it, go to sleep and I would just fall asleep like a baby. And that wasn't even my first um experience into mindfulness or meditation. I did that, um, actually following the the passing of my mom. But, um, so what you said is great. I mean, I always felt bad because I would put on the, the recording and I would fall asleep. I was like, ah, I'm not doing it right. And I'm like, 
but if it relaxed me, I guess I am. It's, it's not bad either. Exactly. And that's, I love that you just brought that up because there's no right or wrong way to do this. There's no good or bad way. Like let's let the idea that it has to be perfect Mm -hmm. go and just allow ourselves to, to be present because it's really just stopping multitasking and just focusing on one thing, like Mm -hmm. doing one thing at a time. But as, as humans, we've been conditioned to be robots and do all of the things at all of the times. And then that takes us away from being in the present moment. Right. Yeah. Um, I was on my way to teach a yoga class a couple of years ago and I was driving down 95 and, and there was a billboard and it was like faster. It was promoting Wi-Fi, and it was like faster, stronger, like, um, like, get what you need at a faster pace. And I'm like, this is what we've been conditioned to believe that we have mm-hmm. to do more. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be recognized that we'll have to like be more and, and people will like us faster, this faster that. And it's like, what if we just slow down mm-hmm. and we can find some, some calm and relaxation in those present moments where we just get to be. And yeah. so we have to be really intentional about carving those times out of our day, like making a morning routine that is more mindful. Brushing your teeth can be a mindful experience. How many of us are like consciously aware of when we're brushing our teeth? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably not many of us. Drinking right. our coffee or our tea in the morning, we're literally sl- we're going through the drive-through as fast as possible to get to our job, slamming it down and continuing on with our day. But like a mindful experience of that is to like, smell it like engage the senses in your experience you're feeling the warmth you're smelling it and you're really tasting it and enjoying it as it's going into yourself like it's sure. just really being aware of it i think is the main key to any mindful practice right yep i i agree completely um you know i my girlfriend and i when we when we go out on date nights or whatever like that we always we like go and taste craft beer or we'll try different foods or whatever and we do. I mean, in that time, I mean, we're we're in the moment, obviously, of date night. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, oh, this tastes good, blah, blah, blah. But it's so easy to, to apply that to your day-to-day routine. I think that that's the problem, though. I think when it starts becoming a routine, then it's like, oh, you know, let me just get, you know, I, I, I had the same cup of coffee every day for 30 years. Like, I don't have to keep smelling it every day. But I think that's something to strive for as well Is like, okay, well, make it not a routine. Make it a little bit better you know and when you were talking about that billboard i was thinking you know we live in a society where our fast food isn't fast enough our smartphones are too dumb like we just we nothing is ever good enough because we are just always we want more we want instant gratification and that instant gratification isn't instant enough and it's like all right well let's think about every how far we've come if we want to talk about like fast internet right i remember being a kid and having to log on through the dial-up and waiting 30 minutes to just get one web page to load so we're actually doing pretty good um i think it's all just our perspective in life too that we need to like take a second back like whatever website you're about to click on does not have to load you know before i even finish typing in the the url like it can it can take a second it's quite all right and i think i'm on i'm on a tangent here now uh, <laughs> I, love, I love it keep going <laughs> this is good i think we fool ourselves because we're saying like okay well if my phone is fast enough or if my internet's fast enough or if my fast food is fast enough um then i don't waste my time in that line or waiting for that or but what are you going to do right after that let's be let's be like really honest with yourself what are you rushing to go do really like you're gonna I mean, you're not going to be mindful about what you're doing. Probably not, you know? 
Right. You're just rushing through life, but for what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like, like you said, like not enough people take times and enjoy the moments in life and they're just rushing to the next moment for really no reason, you know? And I, I could, I, I picture people, you know, they wait and I am guilty of this. I, this will be me tomorrow morning. I guarantee it, but I will wake up early or late for work or, you know, on time for work. Mm -hmm. Like everything's fine. I rush out the door and and whatever. And I don't take the time to really appreciate the moments that are happening, Mm -hmm. knowing that driving into work, something terrible might happen. And that could be my final moment. And that's really how I got into mindfulness. You know, Um, like I said, my mother passed away. This is back in 2011. Mm -hmm. And um, she was not well, but we didn't know she was quote unquote sick. And then within a week she passed away mm-hmm. and I went for such a long time being depressed about that. And I, I, in the time I didn't say I was depressed. I was just sad. Um, but I was, it was, it was so prolonged and everything was just static for like months. I couldn't tell you what happened yesterday. So then I kind of changed my mind. I started changing my thinking. I was like, well, you know, what happened to my mom could happen to anybody or it could be even more sudden than that. And I've had more sudden things happen since. So why would I want what could possibly be my final moment to be either depressed or sad or angry or aggressive or whatever. So I try now to always kind of live in the moment. I mean, I try to live in the moment and at at the very minimum, not be a sourpuss about things and just like try to give some kind of positivity back because Let's say, you know, if I'm if I'm sour with my girlfriend and then I go to work and then I get in a car accident, well, our last moment is going to be a sour moment. Mm. And I always try to keep that in mind as I interact with people or just interact with myself. What what is your opinion on that? Yeah, I love that. And thank you for sharing your experience with the mm-hmm. loss of your mom too because I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially the last couple of years there's been so much loss, you know, sure. our, our we're just like collectively grieving. It feels like mm-hmm. and people are very sad, they're very depressed. Um people don't do well with change and change really what has been a practice for me is daily understanding of it being the only constant. Like it literally is inevitable. Every single day, something new is happening Mm -hmm. and we can be, as you said, a sourpuss about it, or we can start to surrender and accept that this is a part of life here on earth. And we get to turn our wounds into wisdom and overcome and heal and, and um, yeah, not allow our pain to keep us in like this, this, experience of victim mentality or Mm -hmm, like the mm -hmm. woe is me. Like we all go through stuff and I'm not discounting anybody's pain or loss when I say that, but it's like, I love that. Like you took such a traumatic experience and like turned it into something that you can, you made it a choice to transmute your pain to turn it into like blessings and gratitude and how you Mm -hmm. show up every day now. Like that's absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess what I would reflect back to you on that. And it's really like we get to gradually direct our attention when we're mindful in, into what is actually happening here, mm-hmm. right? Like whether it be our breathing or our sensations in our physical body or our thoughts and our feelings. And I think people are not, I think I know because I see this every day is people are waking up like, oh my God, another day. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's going to be such a terrible day. Like just starting the day off with such a negative 
thought process and the law of attraction says that what you put out there, you get back. Right. And right. I'm not saying that like sadness doesn't exist. Like, of course, all of these like heavy, uh, you know, experiences and emotions are very real. And also we can still wake up and be like, thank you for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Thank you that I get to like take steps to my bathroom where I have running water today sure, that sure. I get to get in my car and drive to work today. Like there are so many things that we can really focus on to be mindful and grateful for, mm -hmm. but we're just shown all of this negativity and this fear and, and this like doubt and just darkness all the time. Yeah. And I, I, you know, go back to gratification. I also feel like we, we don't appreciate the things that we have, you know, yes. like every, every, everyone takes for granted that's those steps to the bathroom until you need a wheelchair, until you need someone to help. And, you know, I've talked about it on the show before mm. my dad was paralyzed from strokes. And I mean, he would, you know, for the longest time he would say, you know, if, if only I could, you know, walk to the bathroom or you didn't have to help me onto the toilet or things like that. So yeah, I think for the, the instant gratification we have, we take a lot for granted. And really I think if we, if, if we shift our perspectives and start talking about, you know, what we do have the ability to do, um, yeah, we may not have the fastest or the strongest or the newest, but be happy with what you got too at the same time. Um, I also liked when you said, you know, thank you, you know, like th thanking or, or being gracious for what you do have. Two things with that, actually. There was a movie I watched years ago. Um, it stars the guy who was on How I Met Your Mother, and it was called Happy Thank You More Please. And they they take that mindset of I mean it's it's kind of woven into the story with the characters and everything, but one of his friends in the movie, like everything that comes to her is that's what she says. She says, Happy thank you more, please. Like, no matter what, even if it's good, bad, and different, happy thank you more, please. Like she just wants she's gracious for whatever's happened, she wants more of it. And I personally as I went through mindfulness and everything, I started with uh, Buddhism. Didn't really like that as much as I thought I did. I liked the meditation part of it, but everything else I, did, I wasn't a big fan of. Now I'm kind of on stoicism. And mm. stoicism has the mantra of amor fati, which is loving fate. So basically everything that comes to you, love it and take it. And I see I, I, I hit a chord there. I love that. That's yeah. incredible. Can you say that again? Uh, amor fati. Amor fati. Yeah, it's, it's... Latin for love fate. Love fate. That is so beautiful. Yeah. So basically everything oh. that comes into your life, no matter what, good, bad, or indifferent, just taking it and not only just taking it and dealing with it, but actually mm. loving it, you know, and that's mm. kind of the idea behind it. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I, that's really like at the foundation of mindfulness too, is like experiencing this and feeling grateful for it. Like I know gratitude, mindfulness are, are buzzwords at, you know, as of late, but like, there's something that's so powerful that what was it? Thank you. Uh, more, happy. Thank you. More please. Happy. Thank you. More please. Yeah. Like thank you gets to be a mantra or a prayer. Mm -hmm. And, and then I think what's so beautiful about that is that you say that, but you detach from the outcome of what mm -hmm. to it. Sure. Like there's no expectation. You're just like, happy, thank you, more, please. And you can do this to people on the street. You can like literally send them that energy. Sure. You can do this as you're eating your meal, you know, when you get your coffee or when like in the morning, um, I'll take my dog on a walk. I always leave my phone at home so that I can be present with my dog. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. by the way, I love that I'm segueing into this because my dog has taught me so much about mindfulness. Like really? it, he, cause he's just always so present. 
Yeah. Like his sure. senses are always just like he's he's smelling and I'm like, come on, we gotta, you know, uh-huh, go. Yeah, and yeah. and then he's like, No, slow down, you know, like that's obviously true. he can't yeah. talk, but if he would talk, that's what he would say. Right. He's and, like, No, I need to smell this grass right now. <laughs> exactly. And then I need to pee on it, and then I'm gonna smell the next lot and I'm gonna pee on that, <laughs> and it's gonna be great, you know? It's just like he's just always so in the moment, and there's this really great um meme. It's a it's a person walking their dog. And it says mindful with two L's mm-hmm. or, or mindful. And, and the, and the human is like this cloud of like, like all the thoughts from the day and like the week of like the to-do lists and work and dinner and blah, blah. And like, there's the dog and it's just like tree, sun, yeah. flower, you know, just like mm-hmm. really being in the moment. I've seen, and, like, I've seen something very similar where it's like, same thing, like person and dog. And then the person's <laughs> thinking about everything and the dog is just thinking about the walk he's on right now. Exactly. Yes. Just this experience. And so Mm -hmm. I just love to be present in this experience. And and don't get me wrong. My mind is always like filled with a thousand thoughts, but when when I go on, on these walks, it's like my time to just be. And so I'm like, thank you, sun for, for shining today. Like the sun has this amazing ability to recharge us Yes. and you know, it gives us nutrients and it just gives us this amazing energy. Like, even if it's not a sunny day, like, thank you clouds. Like, thank you sky. Thank you trees. And it sounds like so like silly or basic, but when you live from that space of just mindfully being grateful, like good things start to pour into your life because you're not focusing on all of the bad yeah. things. You're not, mm-hmm. oh, there's the clouds. It's probably going to rain later. Oh, my day is going to be ruined because of the rain. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Like, thank you that the rain is coming so that our plants and our trees can grow and then we can continue to breathe the fresh air that they mm-hmm. help to produce. You know, it's like, yep. that's a way of, of living mindfully. And um. I just feel like that's what's really missing from our human experience here. And I'm grateful that this is like the benefits of this are are showing up more and more. Like people of all ages are starting to get into this more um, by, by practicing it and reporting that it's helping them feel less anxious and less depressed. And it's also increasingly being used in the workplace to improve staff well-being, to improve Mm. satisfaction. Like it, it is happening more and more. Um, so I think that's amazing, but it's just like, it, it can be something that really is so simple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like you said earlier, like a 15, 20 minute thing, right? Like it's, it's happening in schools. It's happening in hospitals. Right. And I feel like, you know, now the way culture is obviously, like you said, we're just, we're fear minded because that's what the media wants us to be and everything. Um, but you think about our, think about the workforce, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is understaffed. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Everyone's understaffed. And what does that cause? That causes stress, obviously, because, oh, well, we have more things we have to do with less people. Um, It's also going to lead to burnout because Mm -hmm. the people that do show up, they're, they're burying the load. And what happens when you get burnt out? You get sick, you get hurt, blah, blah, blah. But if you just take a second throughout your day, and this goes for line people, you know, people that are working uh, for supervisors and beyond administrations, take a second or like build into your culture of your industry. Obviously, for the most part, I'm talking to law enforcement, but non-law enforcement listens as well. Take a minute and, you know, be mindful of what's going on. Take some of some of these um, mindfulness tips that Amy's talking about and just see what happens. Imagine, you know, the way things are going to change. What you said about the sun was great. Um, around 
Thanksgiving, I transitioned to night shift. And initially, the first couple nights that I was on nights, I was going into work in the dark and I was coming home in the dark. Mm. And, you know, I missed the sun. And I didn't realize I did until the next day that I was off. I took the dog for a walk, like you said. And I was like, wow, check this out. Like, it's sunny. It's great. And, That's so cool. And I could instantly feel like the, the you know, the vitamins coming from the sun or whatever it was. Yeah, or just the rays me. just like pouring down. And it made me, it, it elevated my mood. Because before that I was, you know, and it took me a while to get just back to understanding night shift because I was on it for so long and then I was off it for so long. But also it's important, like, okay, when I wake up, I'm going to go outside while it's still a little bit sunny out just to get a little bit of that light. So I'm not completely in darkness. And if you're listening in Alaska, I'm sorry, but you're kind of screwed when it's, you know, just <laughs> nonstop darkness. But, um, yeah. but it, you know, just those little things that you're talking about are, are mm -hmm. absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And it makes a big difference. And it does. I, I want to talk a little bit more about stress and then guide uh, us through a mindful check-in so that we can experience what it's like to just tune in with our breath and our bodies and, and our experience. Um, yes, and, absolutely. And, and stress is a physical, mental, and emotional response to a challenging event. So it's not really the event itself. It's like how we perceive that event, right? Because everybody's experience of what they go through can be very different. Like something could be really stressful for someone and, and the same experience could not be so mm -hmm. stressful for another person, depending Absolutely. on all sorts of different things, right? History, genetics, mindset, all the things. But stress, whether positive or negative, is a normal part of everyone's life. Negative stress, however, diminishes our quality of life. And I think that that's what a lot of people are experiencing right now is so much negative stress, because mm -hmm. as you said, there's, there's shortages in literally every system in our country and around the world right now. Yes. And so like the general stress is the day-to-day -day events and the demands of life, the to-do lists, the worries, the hassles, the am I going to pay my bill on time, et cetera. And that requires interventions to cope. And you said earlier, people aren't coping in healthy ways, right? So, so mindfulness and meditation can be an intervention to cope with that. But exercise is amazing too, right? Like mm -hmm. going on a bike ride, taking a walk, um, reading a book, journaling, taking a bath or a nice long shower, going to the beach or a hike. And then that's what we can use to cope with those general stressors. Stress is a healthy thing because we need it to survive. But what's not healthy is like the cumulative stress that builds up in the mind and body over mm -hmm. time. And yes. that can lead to emotional or physical symptoms. And there's doctors that um, there's a doctor who wrote this book, The Emotion Code. And he shares that from his research, 90% of our physical ailments stem from blocked and suppressed emotions. So think about all of the emotional experiences that we go through, the mental strains that manifests as physical symptoms in the body. And a lot of what we're doing in Western medicine is like going to the doctor, going to the ER, and they're just slapping a Band-Aid mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the symptom rather than right. getting to the root cause of that. You know? Yeah, they're not, they're not treating the problem. They're treating no. the symptom. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And so, um, so cumulative stress, the stress that builds up over time, if we really don't take care of ourselves, then that requires an even more serious intervention to alleviate or cope with. Mm -hmm. And as we know, stress triggers the fight or flight or freeze or fawn response in the body, and that triggers a release of stress hormones. And so what meditation and mindfulness do is combat all of that. Like it's, it's literally, 
I, I mean, I shared the benefits of it earlier, but it's mm-hmm. like, it helps so much with stress. And I think it's important for us to talk about our stuff, but it's even more important for us to feel it and let it go from the physical body so that we yeah. don't make ourselves sick over time. Correct. Yeah. And I, I feel like, so going into the new year, I, on one of my episodes, I said, you know, um, I, I was talking about um, complaining and I was like, it does, it's no good to complain. Like if something exists in your life, then you just gotta, in, if it's endurable, endure it. And if it's not endure it anyway, mm. um, no, no good in complaining it. And, and a lot of times when I talk, I lean on stoic philosophy with that. But then I thought, and I, I brought this up um, this past week in an episode, I said, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, if something's stressing you, that means just, Hey, suck it up and, and move on. Cause that's not what I'm saying Yay. either. No, it, not at all. It's it, you need to really check in like you're saying and go, all right, what's, what's bothering me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can I do something about it? Then do something about it. And if I can't, what's the point of complaining about it? Like, and, and that's, that's like a, a key tenet of stoic philosophy is like, Hey, if it's not in your control, then just let it go. Um, but you need to take that second to check in and be like, all right, what is actually bothering me? And I've had so many times where I've been in a bad mood and I'm just like, why, why, what's pissing me off? And then I think about it, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm overworking myself. I, I'm not, you know, taking care of my finances properly or whatever it might be. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm letting little things eat at me until I'm just in this grumpy mood and I don't know why. Well, if you take a few minutes and, and think about it, then you'll figure out why. And on the flip, if you do it repeatedly and then on a, on a regular basis, maybe you won't even get to that point because you'll always already be in check with yourself is basically what you're saying. Mm, exactly. And I love that because like, I, I think one of us said earlier, how key awareness is like, mm-hmm. that is the, the first step in any practice in my opinion. And so then from that space of awareness, like, and checking in, then we can nurture ourselves in the way that we need. Like Mm -hmm. if we weren't getting our needs met as a kid, or we're not getting our needs met now. And when I say needs met, I mean, okay, so if I'm angry, right? Like if my anger could talk, what would it say? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm really pissed off at my partner because he like left all these dishes in the sink when he said he was going to do them. Right. Okay. So like, What's within my control? Well, I could do them and talk about how it bothered me and then yes. we can resolve it and move forward, right? But so many people, first of all, don't know how to communicate, right. aren't even yeah. aware of what the problem is. And then we shove it all down. So then when one little more, like one small thing happens, we literally explode like a volcano. And it's like, oh my God, they're so angry. <laughs> I can't believe they reacted that way. But right. it wasn't And, and because they're going to they're gonna react over something even smaller exactly. and you're like, geez, what's the big deal? Yes, and yeah. it sounds sounds like you were in my house growing up. (laughs) Yeah. I was in my house too, just now. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's, um, we become so passive aggressive in society, you know? So it comes to the point where, Oh, I'm I'm upset about the dishes. What am I, Oh, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to say anything about it because again, we, we don't communicate anymore. Um, and that's going to be it. And then the next time the dishes, oh, I'm going to get more pissed about it. I'm going to do them, but I'm not going to say anything. And then the next time he leaves a sock in the middle of the floor and it's like, boom, what's happening here? And it's just, okay, if we just checked in in the very beginning and said, hey, you know, you said you were going to do the dishes. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even be here. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, Americans and their divorce rates and everything. Come on. Like we, we can do a little bit better than just like burying it all down. Exactly, exactly. And I think that a a part of like mindfulness too is, is 
yes, being aware of our emotions and our thoughts and our sensations, but then communicating from that space of awareness, like what it is that we need, right? Like what need isn't getting met. And so then can we like understand that? And then it's also an act of being vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. I feel like vulnerability is underneath the umbrella of mindfulness too, because we have to be vulnerable with ourselves in being like, this is real and this is what I'm experiencing and sharing it with somebody else. Um, yeah. And, and good luck getting someone to do that last I, part. Like I no know. one wants to be vulnerable to other people, but I think it's so important. And just, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, talk about fight or flight, you know, no one, especially these type A cops that are listening, no one's going to be like, mm. Oh, I'm just going to lay down and take it. No, that's not what we're saying. We're just like, no. obviously things bother you because you're not a robot. Things bother you. That's fine. Just being honest about it. And at least having one person in the world that knows that, Hey, things bother me and then talk about it. And I guarantee you, it'll take all that weight that's being built up in your shoulders and on your back and everything. And it'll t- lift it up. Yeah. That's- and I think being honest with yourself and that, yeah. Right. Like, Another buzzword is gaslighting, but Mm -hmm. we gaslight ourselves so much by denying our reality and our experience as well. Mm -hmm. Like if we just accepted what we're feeling instead of suppressing it or numbing it, then we would be able to give ourselves the compassion that we need in those times of stress, right? Like, okay, yeah, this is a really freaking stressful situation. My life is on the line right now. What Mm -hmm. can I do to help cope in this moment? so that I don't get hurt and I don't hurt somebody else. Cause that's not my intention. My intention is to keep people safe, right. but I also need to look out for me and keep myself safe too. Right. Absolutely. So how do I, how do I do that? That would be just a way to mindfully check in with yourself. Yep. And you know, everything I've been talking about over these past few weeks is basically laying the groundwork. So when you have that stressful situation, when things are going in, you know, all over the place, you know how to do it in that time, right? We practice for how we play. So, you know, you, you want to do things ahead of time. So that way, when it, it gets to that moment, you're ready to go. So practicing these deep breath, these deep breaths for a small stress will really help when it's, you know, when you, your life's on the line, like you said, and you have to take those deep breaths because I know for me, when I breathe, I think clearer. So, mm. you know, if I'm, um, stressed or if I'm just like panicked or, or whatever, even like a small stress, I will take a deep breath literally just to like center myself, just to be like, all right, what, what, what am I handling? And it takes those big problems and, and, and it shrinks them. I don't know if it's just like, a, I, I guarantee you it's a perspective thing because you know, Oh, this really wasn't a big problem at all. I just, you know, was so stressed about it. But yeah. now that we're talking about that, you said um, you were going to lead us through a guided relaxation, right? Yeah. So I'm going to do just um, a, a mindful check-in so okay. that we can experience what I'm talking about. And something that just came through as you shared, like take, you know, taking a deep breath. So many of us don't know how to properly breathe either. Mm -hmm. A lot of us only use like the top lobes of the lungs. And so then our breath becomes really shortened and that actually causes more of the anxiety and the panic within the body. Sure. How I started to heal, I used to suffer a lot from like chronic anxiety. I would have panic attacks like weekly and monthly And how I started to combat those is being aware of what I was feeling and then really deepening the breath into the body. So Mm -hmm. sending that, like elongating the spine, sending the breath all the way down into the belly, filling the belly up like a balloon, and then allowing the breath to rise all the way up to the top. And for me, my favorite release is to open the mouth and audibly exhale. 
because we're inhaling cool air through the nose, which is sending a signal to the mind and the body that, okay, we can cool down and calm down. And then the exhale releases heat from the body and, and Mm. different emotions can be very hot, right? Like think about anger. It's a hot emotion. You sweat, you tense up, you get red. So when you exhale audibly out the mouth and even just like let out a sound or a sigh, and you can do this freely in your car alone, inhale and exhale, just let it out. Like, invitation to even scream put on some music and like blast out those words like just let it out and something that's really amazing again that animals teach us is that when they're stressed they might freeze they might run but then they always shake it off after so i don't Mm -hmm. know if you've ever noticed your dog when they're in a he's in he or she is in a stressful situation and they just literally shake like My dog will do that when I bathe him. Like he hates Mm -hmm. it, right? So his way of releasing that that cortisol that's coming in is to just shake his whole body and let it go. And so sometimes I'll just put on a song or I'll just stand and just shake my whole body for like 20, 30 seconds. And then Mm -hmm. I get that necessary release that's needed. But that has taken so much practice to get comfortable with being aware of my experience, registering what I need. And okay, maybe it's some breaths. Maybe I put on some screamo music and rage out in my room or my car, you know, like it's too much for us to hold in. So what I'm going to guide us through right now is just one of the many practices that we can do to help with our levels of stress and to help bring us into the mindful experience of the here and now. Awesome. I love it. Let's do it. Cool. So let's take a few moments to just be still and Those that are listening, if you don't have the opportunity to close your eyes right now because you're driving or or whatever situation you're in, you can just try to bring your your focus to something in front of you. Um, Those of us who are not preoccupied will just close our eyes and start to focus on our breath. Really just bringing yourself into this present moment by focusing on your breath as it's going in and out. And so we're not trying to control or change it in any way, but we're just being the observer of our breath. feeling into your body and your mind and simply allowing any waves of thought, emotion, or physical sensation just to be. Notice any feelings that are moving through your body. Notice your body's reaction to those feelings. Is it tight? Anxious or somewhat relaxed? Can you soften a little bit more into your seat?
What thoughts are arising now that you are aware of your sensations and your emotions? How are the thoughts impacting your body? There is no need to judge or analyze or criticize. Just be here in the moment with everything present in this moment. We'll start to grow our breath, deepening our awareness into our belly, breathing in nose, sending the breath all the way down, elongating the spine, lifting up through the crown, allowing the breath to rise all the way up to the top of the head, and exhale, reverse the process. Breathing in. Exhale, open the mouth, sigh it out. Breathing in. And breathing out. And we can even trick the mind and the body here. Even if we're not feeling peaceful or calm, we can tell ourselves breathing in. I am at peace. Breathing out, I am calm. Breathing in, I feel relaxed. Breathing out, I am present. Breathing in, I am love. out, I feel joy. Keep breathing in and out for a few more rounds and just notice how the body becomes like a wave with the breath as it flows in and out. breathe in this way, we allow up to seven times more oxygen to flood into the lungs, the brain, really the whole body. Take a moment to thank yourself for taking the time to contribute to your health and well-being. begin to bring your awareness back into the space that you're in. Just awareness of your body, kind of wiggling the fingers and the toes, making some gentle movements and opening the eyes when you're ready. 
and you can just check in with yourself and notice two words that describe how you're feeling from this space of mindful awareness. Mm-hmm. That's great. I always get like this tingly feeling whenever I do that. And like my body just feels Ooh. calm and I always feel like I got like wrapped in like a warm blanket or something like very, very comforting feeling. For me, even through guiding it, I feel more grounded and more focused, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Like, it's just like, yeah, like it brought us back down, Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And I wasn't even like particularly nervous or stressed or anything going into yeah, it, but same. just doing that, you know, you kind of, it's, 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 to me, it's like return to center. Like mm. I think of, um, uh, I don't know. There was something I used to do as a kid and just saying return to center reminded me of it, but like, you know, doing an activity, all right, return to center, like reset all set and let's go do our next thing. And I think, Oh, we're just so, we don't do that enough, you know? And I know, I know I, I, I want to disclaimer everything that everything I'm saying, I may sound like I got this all figured out. I definitely don't. I don't do this (laughs) nearly, nearly enough as I should. Um, I know I haven't taken the time and and breathed properly and really relaxed in quite some time. Um, But I do also at the same time know that like when things get stressful, I will, I'll be in the kitchen and I won't even be like really stressed and I'll just breathe. Mm. And I remember one day my girlfriend was like, you good? I'm like, just need to sigh. I'm good. Like, it wasn't like an angry sigh. It wasn't like, what is she doing? Sigh. It was just a sigh. And, and I know from working the street for as long as I did every once in a while, especially like in or out of a hot call, just <sighs> right, the next one. Yeah. That's, and that's yeah. it. Yes. And, um, you know, I've still got a lot of things to figure out as we all do, but we all do. Yeah. But I think this is, yeah different techniques such as, as having a conversation with you, um, really helps. And it, and it lets people know, or, you know, I really hope, and, and, you know, I hope people click on this, even if they're like, mindfulness, what is this? And then they're like, Oh, this is, this is simple. This isn't foofy at all. Like this is totally like normal and easy. It's, it's literally breathing and just thinking for a few minutes. Exactly. Like even, I love that you were sharing, like you're in the kitchen, right. And you're cooking, like how many of us aren't even aware of what we're doing when mm. we're cooking the meal, when, when we're eating the meal, like we just, we, we are out at a restaurant, we get our food and we just dive right in. But what if you like took a moment to tune into the colors, right? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the scent of it, like the textures, like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, I'm just so grateful to have this experience. And then an added practice to that is thinking about how this, meal was created who prepared this the farmers that harvested it the rain the sun the earth like all of the elements that it took to actually create this thing that's in front of us on our plate Mm -hmm. it's just a mindful experience and saying thank you like i think that we we really as a society need to say thank you more and actually mean it mean it right like we we thank other people but do are we are we really like feeling into the experience of what that thank you is like for us mm-hmm. like yeah. probably not because like you were saying everything is like instant gratification and then also we're just in like this automatic pilot mode all the time like where we're just these r- robots racing through society and we're human beings 
We're not human mm-hmm. doings. So let's get back to being more than we're doing. Like even Ooh, when that we're- gave me, That gave me tingles right there. That I was good. Know, it's so good. Like we're human beings, not human doings. I remember the first time I heard that and I was like, oh my God. So yeah. like as much as we're thinking and doing, can we have a healthy balance of also being and feeling? Mm-hmm. Right. And really, I think that's what helps to bring us into the present moment is being aware of what it is that we're doing and being aware of what it is that we're feeling and thinking. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. I I was just going to like echo what you said. Like, I'm not perfect at this. Like, I forget often to do this, you know, but like in the moments throughout the day that I actually do, I feel so much better. Sure. Yeah. Life is just. I am. there's a speaker I listened to and he, he said once, he's like, you know, our minds are just not capable of negative thoughts. Now listen, this is, this is where he's thinking about it, right? Like you, you were saying yeah. about like thinking things into existence. So if he's, and he uses this in his talk, he said, if I say, don't think about an elephant, you're going to think about an elephant, right? So if you're thinking like, Oh, today's going to be a bad day. Today's going to be a bad day. Like it's, it's being, it's checking in with your thoughts. And, and you said that earlier about like, you know, you're going to think it into existence. And I think that's exactly what we tend to do is, is, you know, we, we, we kind of set ourselves up for failure before the days even started. Like, Oh, today's going to be a bad day because this, well, hold on a second. It's going to be a good day because this, Mm. and again, I, I am not perfect. I I'm sure I think (laughs) probably glass half empty a lot more than glass half full. But again, when I actually take the time and think about it, and and focus on the positivity and the glass half full mentality um my days are infinitely better for sure and even to the point of let's say you do wake up in a bad mood let's say you know you're driving into work someone cuts you off it pisses you off or whatever okay like if you can move beyond that and don't let that like sit with your day then you're going to be fine like typically if i what I would used to do is when I would go into work and if I was in a bad mood for whatever reason, if something was just upsetting me or whatever, the moment I like went into work, I tried to like, all right, let's focus on what we've got to do here. And we can always check back in with it. When I get off duty, if that stuff still bothering me. And I guarantee you by the end of your work shift, it's gone because it really wasn't important. Exactly. So. Yeah. I, I love that. And that just reminds me um, of like literally speaking it into existence of how powerful we are. Like we are, I really truly believe that we are co-creating with our reality because when you're sharing that you're looking at things as glass half empty, sometimes don't the things that you're thinking about, like that you don't want to happen or that you don't love, like they actually come true. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the times where I'm thinking about something that I don't want to happen, it happens. Sure. Sure. And, and on the other side of that, when you're thinking about something you do want or do love, and you believe in it and you, and you think it and then you let it go. That also happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think all of it's true, all of it's possible. I mean, I've, I've been witness to all of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just need to be like the entire point of this episode, be mindful mm-hmm. of what we are doing, what we are saying, what are we thinking? And imagine, you know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they were having, they're having a bad day. They, you know, just had to deal with a breakup or whatever. And I was like, okay, that sucks. I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. Yes, you're, you're not feeling good about it. You're having issues about it. I understand that completely, but think of everything else that is so good in your life. Even, even when you boil it down to like we were saying before, like, Hey, you can walk, you can breathe, you can see like, 
if, if you really need that like check-in of like, all right, what do I have to be thankful for? Oh, I didn't get the job I liked. Okay, but do you have a job? Like start like pulling back all the layers of that onion and see like, hey, there's actually some good stuff in here too. And you know, the person was kind of not in a good mood. So I don't know if they actually heard the words I was saying to them, but <laughs> I really hope they did because it's so easy and it's it's really easy right now. Like I'm in a good mood. I'm, you know, things are going fine in my life. So it's very easy for me to say, you know, hey, love fate, whatever comes to you, just love it. But when I'm in a bad mood, it's like, oh, I hate this. But, you know, it's, it's just, it's a practice. It's not perfect. It needs to just be practiced and reinforced and just keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't want to invalidate people's experiences. Like, I don't think that's our intention at all. And like, yeah, when you're in a bad mood, like, like we said earlier, like shit sucks, right? Like it, sometimes life is really hard and, and really traumatic and stressful. Yes. So validating. And also there's tools to pull you out of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like even this morning, my husband, he's dealing with an injury. And so you shared your dad being paralyzed and how he's like, Oh, like, I just wish I could walk again. I wish I could do that. And how often when we are at optimal health, do we actually feel grateful for being right. at optimal exactly. health? It's mm-hmm. only when we're ill or when we're immobile that we're like, oh, I'm grateful for when I could walk or when I could do this. So my husband has this ankle injury. It's been three and a half weeks now. He still can't put any weight on it. And it's causing a lot of frustration as it should be. It's, you know, it's been very... Um, debilitating in a lot of ways for him, especially because he has to be on his feet for work and he's an an entertainment wrestler. And so it just allowed him to take some steps back and like unfocus on a lot. But this morning he woke up in a really bad mood and he, I I woke up to this long text from him because he left for work before I was up. And then he was like, but despite all of that, here's all of the things that I feel grateful for. Mm, And he like listed out like at least five things and why. And he's like, like my frustration and anger is valid. And mm-hmm. also like, there's so much that I'm just so grateful for that's already happened like this morning for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's incredible. Like you can feel like crap and also still be like, but this, this, and this are going amazing. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just like really grateful that that has gone well, even though these other things haven't, but we just, as a, a society, sure. too, we just and get I... so f- we get fixated on the negative, you know, and then we just stay there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said about him sharing, you know, obviously what was bothering him, but then combating it with the five things that he was positive about. I actually, I was listening to a podcast and the guy said that he's, um, he hosts a show all about like, um, high performance and just being like high driven and, you know, just these super growth mindset people. But, Mm. and he told me like when he, or he didn't tell me, he told me as a listener (laughs) that, um, when he started the show, he was just going to like, that's all he wanted to do was just motivate people for being these high performance, like how to be like this optimal guy or person. And then as his show has gone on, he's learned that, Oh, well, sometimes the only way to become a high performance person is like doing the small things. And he was saying that um, in this, in this episode where he was on, he was talking like, you know, basically the disclaimer that I said, like, Hey, I'm not perfect. Like I don't work out the way I want to. I don't eat the way I want to. I, I get frustrated with this and that, da, 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 da. But, and then he lists the five things that he was grateful for. And like, you know, and the fact that you said it was five, it really like dinged in on me. And I think that's so important that we just, you know, acknowledge the good, even with the bad and and realize that one comes with the other. But the also, you know, another um, mindfulness technique that I do is I think of each day as its own lifetime. So when I go to bed, then that's it. 
you know, obviously things are going to carry over, but the bad things of that day, probably 9.8 times out of 10, <laughs> they're done in that day. Like there may be some carryover or whatever, but when I wake up the next day, all right, everything's a fresh start. Even the bad things, let's look at it in mm-hmm. a different light. Mm-hmm. And all those things have really helped me for the most part. Like I said, some bad things, they do carry over and you just have to address them accordingly. But if your mindset is different, you know, you look at it, you know, like if you ever had like a problem at work and you're like, oh, I just, I can't figure it out. You sleep on it. You come back with this, like, you know, you're fresh mm. and so that, that problem kind of works itself out. I've seen that that works more times than it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So. Whew, let's just let the listeners have that sink in for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a just, lot to really unbox with this conversation. I really hope everyone really I, I hope everyone kind of takes all these things. There's I feel like we've talked obviously about mindfulness and, and mm-hmm. the importance of yoga and all this, but I think you know, there's so many like micro things in here that like people could take take from them and be like, oh, you know, like all the different things, the five things of gratitude, just you know, the mm-hmm. small smelling of your food you're like taking a moment like mm-hmm. oh here's my here's my morning cup of coffee like before i burn my tongue let me take a second to appreciate it i think just small things like that will really bring people more to the moment and mm. um, I, I i that's my hope you know is that mm. they're going to be more understanding of life that way yeah yeah i hope so too i mean there's so many little like golden nuggets in here that i think there's a little bit of something for everyone yeah. and i think that that's what's really cool about mindfulness and meditation and just being in the in the present is like we get to have conscious conversations like this and also help people to use whatever tools that they need to that we've shared to exactly to de-stress right and um and also i want to reiterate that it's a practice yes like it's, it's not going to be perfect. Practice equals progress. We're, we're going to mess up, you know, we're going to make mistakes, even as it relates to this. But as long as you're just putting in a couple of minutes a day, like you'll notice that there will be a shift in your whole day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, and yeah, there's, there's a quote and I've, I've danced around it for a while. I finally got the actual quote is from Bruce Lee. And he says, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. And so, you know, when you, when you have all these options and let's say, you know, maybe, you know, the five thing, I'm trying to think of one thing that someone wouldn't like in this, but I can't really think of one, but let's just say there's one thing that we brought up that you're like, yeah, that's not really for me. Okay. Perfectly fine. Like I said, I don't really do yoga. I'm interested in it, but I haven't done it yet. Okay. I'm not going to like, cut out the whole thing and be like, oh, this whole thing's useless to me. It's just not for me. But there are mm-hmm. other things in it that I can take. So I really hope when people listen and they're like, ah, oh, I don't know about this. Okay. Keep listening. Maybe you'll find something that is. And if not, that's okay too. But at least you had that experience to listen, partake in the in the check-in. And who knows, maybe you found something that you didn't know was for you. Like maybe you heard mm-hmm. about it and then you're like, oh, that's not because so, that was it for me. I remember the first time I sat in a uh, Buddhist meditation I was kind of unsure about it. I was like this, I don't know. I was, I was very just unsure about it. And the people I was with was like, just give it a try. And I fell in love the first time I was meditating. And I was like, I was like, can we go back? Can we do it again? Like I was, I was really into it. So you just have to be open-minded with things sometimes. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's perfectly fine. But at least you had that chance to check it out. Exactly. Exactly. And 
like with meditation, I think a lot of people avoid it because it's like, oh, I can't quiet my mind. I can't stop thinking. Like, well, you don't have to shut off your thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even feel relaxed right away. Like you just have to be aware of what it is that you're thinking of and and give yourself grace so that you're not putting pressure on yourself to have a certain experience. Right. And I think, um, you know, there's always that idea or the misconception of meditation where it's just mm. like the, the, you know, the sitting in the pose and the, you know, um, all the mm, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's different points of meditation. Um, yes. it doesn't have to be, you know, just completely quiet or, you know, maybe with some sitar playing in the background or something like that, um, to the Stoics meditations are actually like thinking out loud and just being present with your thoughts. And like, these are ideas. These are thoughts. There's actually a Stoic book called meditations where, Marcus Aurelius just wrote what he was thinking. And that became like this huge bestselling book from ancient Rome for me. um, And it's, it's actually happened when we were doing our check-in and I forgot it because I was so relaxed. (laughs) When I did headspace, they always said like, if you have a thought, acknowledge that it exists and that's it. Like he said, he would always say meditation. He would say, all right, like imagine you're touching it with a feather to acknowledge that it's there and then let it go. You're not pushing it away. You're not grabbing it. You're not overthinking it. Acknowledge that it's there and then get back to center. Like focus on your breathing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I think it's just that misconception of meditation where people are thinking like, oh God, you know, it's got to be perfectly quiet. I can't move, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't have to be all that way. It's really, and and I'm sure you're going to get into it. It's, It's just being present. Yeah. Which is, I think, very hard for people. It is, especially, like I said, we have these little devices in our pockets at all times that just, you know, I try when I, when I, when I did do meditation, well, luckily it was my phone and my phone, the headspace app would actually silence your alarms and everything. So if someone did text you, you didn't get it till the app was up, um, which was great, you know, cause then I didn't have to hear the bzz, bzz while I'm doing my thing. Um, but also, um, like the Buddhist, they, they, they're present when they're mopping a floor or when they're cleaning a room. Like it doesn't have to be just whatever, when I say meditation, what everyone's mind goes to is just like sitting yes. and, you know, it's just being present, being mindful, everything we've all talked about, just like more so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can recall to, um, when I was first studying mindfulness, one of my colleagues that we had, we did this mindfulness in- initiative in one of the school systems in Florida and she was talking about mindfully folding your laundry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate laundry. It's one of yeah. my least favorite chores. And so it's like, look at like the, the threads, look at the colors, like feel the texture, like really bring yourself into the present moment. And I imagine that's what you were sharing with like mopping. Like you're literally like tuned in, focused on just this one task that you're doing yeah. instead of thinking about the thousand of other things that are going to follow. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people, they'll use... um like crocheting or knitting, you know, wow. cause that's, that's, yes. that's two hands. Like I, I had a, I had an ex-girlfriend and her grandmother was trying to teach me how to crochet. Can't do it by the way. But <laughs> while I was doing it, I was like, this is taking two hands. I literally cannot touch my phone. I'm focused on getting this knot correct. And it worked uh, right now. You know, my girlfriend and her daughter, they're working on a puzzle. Like it's just mm. things that focus on you're you're focused, you know, and you're all in, you're not checking anything else. That's what you're doing for several hours. And it works. It really does. And when you come back, you know, to the real world, like, oh, it's time to get dinner or whatever it might be. Okay. But we've had X amount of time just focused on one thing. And I'm sure while you are doing it, you know, and I've, I've done puzzles and stuff before, 
yeah, you, you know, you might think of stuff, but all right, now I got to finish this puzzle. Now I got to, you know, and I, for, for me, that's how I see meditation, just like focus, mm. you know, the, mm-hmm. but a good focus, not like a hyper focus on like a negative, like, you know, it's just a task, whether it's breathing, puzzling, tying a knot. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's, it seems to work. It, it rids your mind of those other thoughts. Right. Because then you're not multitasking, yes. you're monotasking. You're just focusing on that one thing without your mind being flooded with the anxiety, with the pain, with the fear, you know, with whatever else it is that comes through on a daily basis. And so it just really yeah. like, it gets to be that simple. I think yeah. that um, we tend to overcomplicate, you know, meditation and mindfulness and it's really just, or maybe our perception of it overcomplicates it. I think it's the it, perception right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's the perception of it. Like, oh, I don't have time for that. There's this meme I saw that's like, if you don't have time to meditate, then you should probably meditate for 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah you, and you know, man, I, uh, leading up to the new year's, you know, everyone's making their resolutions, but there's also uh-huh. those, those uh, more callous memes about it too. But it, it's, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, posts regarding, um, you know, a lot of people, they say they don't have time to read or they don't have time to exercise yet. They're going to sit and binge a Netflix show for however long. And it's like, okay, if you just, I'm not saying to cut it out because, you know, I enjoy watching TV and everything. You know, there's things that I enjoy that I, while I'm doing it, like, oh, I could be doing other things. Okay, yeah. cool. So what if we take a portion of that time and redistribute it to something else? And imagine just how much mm. better you'll feel, you know? Like, mm. I'm never going to say don't relax or don't, you know, do something that you do enjoy. But at after a moment, you know, like doing a puzzle or crocheting or knitting or whatever. Like maybe these meditation things you, you, if you don't enjoy it instantly, you'll grow to enjoy it, you know? And then it's like, Oh, I can't wait to meditate. And that's how it became to me is like, I got excited to go to bed every night. Cause I was like, Oh, I get to do my, do my little headspace app and I get to do that. And it, it was exciting. It was, it felt good. Even, um, you know, yoga, obviously we talked about that earlier and that has a physical component also, but there's mm-hmm. also, you know, martial arts and, and jujitsu and everything. Cause think about it. They actually come from the East. So I'm sure that was all kind of woven in together when these, when these martial art forms were coming together. So, and, yeah. and if you think about it and I've done jujitsu a couple of times, think of how your jujitsu thinking, talking to all my uh, Brazilian jujitsu guys, think about how your day starts on the mats. Starts with breathing, starts with stretching, starts with exercising. And every jujitsu class I've taken, that's also how it ends. So just think like, it's all part of it. You just don't know you're doing it. Oh, that's amazing. And I just envisioned like, what if that's how your day gets to be? Mm-hmm. Like beginning and ending with that, like you would a jujitsu practice, like yeah. you, you, you know, you would at a workout, like you, you start with stretching, breathing, being aware, and then getting into more of the movement. Right. Yeah. So if I, you start thinking of your day like that, mm-hmm. it's not a bad idea. Exactly. Because, you know, just like being on a, on a martial arts mat, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be painful. It's going to be, you're going to learn, you're going to get some uh, instant uh, feedback, probably some negative one. That's fine. But if you begin and end your day with some breathing and some stretching, okay, it, it's a good end cap and, and beginning to your day. Right, right. You have that physical release, the emotional release. And um, something that I forgot to add is that doing some movement before you meditate will help the meditation practice even more because some people just have a hard time sitting still. I yeah. know I'm, I'm a busy body I'm also type A, like I really have to force myself to like 
sit down and just be. And so when, when I do some movement before and my body has that like physical and energetic release, Mm -hmm. then I'm able to sit still for, you know, however long I need to, to listen to the meditation or to just breathe or, or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah, I love that you're inviting in these other meditative practices because even just sitting and reading a book can Mm -hmm. be very meditative, right? Because you're, you're focusing on that one thing. Um, Right, right. As long yeah, as you, I, for me, the reading is kind of tough though, because my mind does wander a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, that's, that would be my, you know, me being honest about what works and what doesn't. I love reading right. when I can, when I can do it. Like it's, or, or I'll sift with a book and I'll be too tired and I start dozing on the pages. I'm like, okay, I gotta, but you know, think about it this way. Like, all right, for me, if I'm being my own little coach here, be like, all right, then read earlier in the day when you're not tired. Like there's uh, small things that can fix your problems. <laughs> or, Fine. um, Find what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so many different options and it's great. And, and, you know, who, or I've, I've given all these different options and, and you've said they were good, but where there's just traditional meditation. I mean, that's always the option too. And like I said, that worked well for me. I enjoyed it and I did it for quite some time. I, the only reason mm-hmm. I stopped using Headspace was because it got to be pricey. Um, Cause I was doing the year thing and I wasn't using it as much. But guess what? There's free options out there too. There's yes. there's YouTube. I I I would say that if it doesn't exist on YouTube, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I mean, you can learn how to build a car, you can learn how to meditate, whatever you want. It's on YouTube. Or or That's I know so there's true. Um, there's some guided meditations on Spotify, which I've used a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's you know countless different apps that you can use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, some- you can utilize this podcast. <laughs> you can, exactly. And some of those apps that you mentioned, some you have to pay for and some you don't. Like I know there's the Calm app. Um, by the way, we're not endorsed by any of these apps. Mm-hmm. We're just sharing what, what works for us. Um, but one that I really like is Insight Timer. And okay. it it has a paid component, but it also has a free component. And it has thousands of meditations on it too. So you can search for anything. A meditation to help me with my anger or my anxiety, Mm -hmm. or my grief, Mm -hmm. or my sadness, or whatever it is, you know, a meditation for joy, a meditation for um, an energy cleansing, there's all sorts of like sound healing, which is another component of meditation that we didn't touch on really. But there's just there's so many different options out there. And it's not a one size fits all experience, like, you got to find what works for you, like what you can dedicate just a few minutes of your day to. Right. And, and there needs to be a buying component of like noticing how it feels for you when you do this thing. Right. You know, yeah. like, and the thing I liked about headspace was that it had all those components you just said, which was great. Um, like I said, you could buy a, or not buy a pack, but they had packs available. So if you wanted one for stress, if you wanted one for anger, whatever, but then you could also kind of tailor that experience to what you had available. So let's say I only had 10 minutes to do a meditation. Then you just say, okay, I, I need a 10 minute meditation and it would do it. Or if mm. you had enough time to do like a 30 minute to an hour one, if you're feeling super advanced, you could do that too. Um, and I'm sure all those apps have that exact same um, thing that'll go with it. Spotify has pre-made things that, so you can actually see how long it's going to be like, Oh, this is a 10 minute thing. Cool. I got 10 minutes. Let's do it. I think they're all great. I think they're all, um, I like the ones where they're like, they guide you and like, Oh, think of being at a bonfire. Think about being in the, in the woods or whatever it is. I always like those. Cause I'm a, I'm a visual guy. So if you tell me that, Hey, you're, you're walking down a path to, towards the beach, I can envision that. And some of them, even have like sound machines built in so you can hear the um, the ocean or whatever the, the scene might be. Yeah. Yeah. This is a perfect segue into 
a guided relaxation that see, I wanted see, it's to. Like I, like I planned it this way. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Are you telepathic? I know. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Pre-planning on podcast kids. It saves lives. I tell you. <laughs> and so I love that you shared that, that you're a visual person. I am too. And mm -hmm. so I love these guided relaxations that have the visual component mm -hmm. because then it takes my mind somewhere where I really get to go to and relax and find some peace. And it brings in all of the senses too. So think of it as that scene in Happy Gilmore, like go to your happy place, happy, go to your happy place. <laughs> Which is also funny because I have a daily calendar and I always share the message for the day on my uh -huh. Instagram story. And today's was about finding your happy place, your your See? safe place. <laughs> yeah. And and bring yourself there if that works for you. Like bring I would teach my kids that at school is bring yourself there when you're feeling stressed or anxious. Take yourself to that happy place. Like I know it wasn't happy Gilmore and it was like funny, but it that really, really works for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All, All right. right, so let's bring ourselves to the beach. All right, let's do it. Let's <laughs> okay. Do it. Now, right, for everybody nice. in the tundra, I got a, I got a friend from uh, Minnesota where it was like negative 20 yesterday, so you'll really Oof. enjoy this one. Yes, you will. You'll get to go on a tropical vacation in your mind. It's going to be are. awesome. <laughs> and no psychedelics are necessary. <laughs> no, none at all. That's, that's a great blessing here. Yeah. So let's start to close our eyes if you're in a, a space or a situation that you can do that please don't close your eyes if you're driving or please if you're, don't yeah if you're doing something where you can't just uh, yeah. let's be safe our, our, our attorneys wouldn't like that very much no that wouldn't be good so <laughs> bring yourself to this present moment just allowing your body to find some stillness and just stay here I actually have a sound machine. I'm going to turn on some beach waves in the background for us. So start to relax here for a few moments, connecting with your breath and breathing deeply and comfortably. And just notice how amazing the sound of your breath is. listening as the air moves in and out. Imagine transporting yourself magically to the beach. Your favorite spot on your favorite beach. Imagine yourself there now. Watch as the ocean waves come back and forth from the shore. And you walk toward the waves and feel the lapping of the warm waves against your toes. You spread your toes wide, you dig them deeply into the cool, wet sand. sun shines brightly and gently warms your skin. And it's as if the sun is reaching down and pouring its love onto you, 
warming you from the outside in. The rhythm of the calm waves flow over the sand and it relaxes you. And your breathing pairs with the ocean waves. It becomes calm and even. Slow down your breathing even further and allow your muscles to relax. Feel the warmth of the sun melting your muscles into complete relaxation. And slowly and easily your body relaxes more and more, releasing tension and frustration. Letting go of any worries or doubts you may have. Inhaling deeply again. Breathing in a sense of calm and peacefulness. Letting go of stress and tension on the exhalation. You feel your body relaxed, your mind is more relaxed as well. Just enjoying this moment right here, right now. Only this matters, just relaxing and enjoying this present moment. Taking another breath in, allowing the relaxation to flow to any part of your body that needs it. Visualizing the beautiful golden warm sun shining down its rays, cleansing your energy and penetrating each and every cell and muscle making you feel so wonderful and so alive. Feeling the sand, the earth beneath you, watching the calming ocean waves that surround you. The warmth that shines down. Breathe in and smell the ocean air. Feel the peace that surrounds you now, letting you know that everything is all right. And just rest for a moment in silent awareness as you register this experience.
take another breath in and bring your attention back to where you are. Along with the feelings of relaxation and calm. Starting to open your eyes when you're ready and once again wiggling fingers and toes. And just notice how you feel. And hopefully everyone is nice and calm and relaxed from all that. That was very good. It's that that's like my usual. That's kind of how I do it. So that's good. Mm. I like. Um, I don't know. I always kind of visualize it as you know you're sitting here and then like your body is just transposed elsewhere. Like that's and then like when it's coming back, I feel like everything like rushing back into it. So that's that's my visualization. I'm you know. So mm, yeah, hopefully everyone, sure. yeah, hopefully everyone got to partake in that. Or, you know, if you are listening while working or driving, didn't have a chance to do that, you revisit that because it's very calming and relaxing and just, mm -hmm. it's a nice thing to do and hopefully you do often. And then everyone will kind of build this habit and uh, routine, build this into their yeah. routine. Yeah, this is a healthy habit. <laughs> yes, yes. We're so we're so quick to build on like bad habits. This is this is a good one. This is a good one to have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it has amazing healthy long-term effects too. Sure. You know, short short term, of course, because when you're when you're going through this experience, you come out, you feel so much better. But the more you practice this, the longer like over time, you'll notice the longer term effects that take place in really positive and beneficial ways. As yes. And, and what I shared in our episode last week, where we had a doctor on and we talked about the physical and biological effects of stress on the body. Hopefully mm. everyone is, you know, we talked about how, um, you know, the long term effects of stress and what it can do to your heart and what it can do to your brain and, you know, the, the health risks and impacts it has hopefully everyone's like gearing up and they're like all right how do i release this stress i definitely don't want to do that um i say in one of my advertisements throughout the episode that cops are more likely to die of a cardiovascular disease than any other profession so if you start thinking about it um you know what stress are we putting on our hearts i know my dad um like i said he's had he had several strokes before he passed away he had uh high blood pressure he always had heart issues and my dad was a 26 year police officer so he was right in you know he was he was part of that statistic so i know firsthand what that's like so um I am definitely saying to everybody, you know, obviously take care of your body, work out, eat right, but also keep your stress levels down too, because you could be healthy. You could be, you know, Mr. Olympia, or maybe not them, they use a lot of drugs, but <laughs> you could be, you could be, you know, this Adonis person, really take care of your body, do 5Ks, do marathons, do Ironmans, whatever it might be. But if you're stressed, mm. you can still drop dead of a heart attack and be healthy. You know, I, there's a, there was a guy that works where I used to work and same thing. He worked out every day, took care of his body and mm. he had a massive heart attack. He, he luckily uh, survived, but no one would expect that this man who is in good physical condition would have dropped of a heart attack. So mm. 
And he's a career law enforcement officer with 20 plus years on. So that's just how it happens. So everyone think about that. Think about all these different techniques that we uh, have discussed and that Amy's provided to you. Uh, I think it's, she's been an amazing resource. Um, we are going to have to cut soon here, though, because unfortunately we, you know, we have time constraints. But we're going to take a quick break. And then, Amy, if you'd like, we're going to play uh, Signal 3. Basically, it's like a rapid fire question and answer. And we'll uh, we'll wrap it from there. Awesome. All right. Sounds we'll be, good. Thank great. you so much. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Did you know that in the years 2017 to 2018, the American obesity rate was over 42%? Did you further know that police officers are 25% more likely than the average American to die from obesity-related illnesses? These are diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and high blood pressure. So what do we do? Do we continue to stay victims to shift work and terrible nutrition options while going call to call? Or do we do something about it? Well, I decided to do something about it, and that's why I started working with Nick Wall Nutrition. Nick is one of less than 100 professional nutritionists in the entire United Kingdom and has worked with many professional athletes from soccer, rugby, cricket, and even Team Great Britain. And all of his plans are backed by pure scientific evidence. Eating the foods you love and losing weight doing it. No fad diets, no pills, no powders, and no god-awful detox teas. Nick is the real deal and was named Nutrition Specialist of the Year for the year 2019 to 2020. Check him out on Instagram at NickWallNutrition or NickWallNutrition.com and join Nick's team and change your life. All right, we're back. And once again, we have Amy Beckler. Thank you so much for your time today. I think this is amazing. We were just talking in our little break that I think we got a lot out. I think we're both excited about mindfulness. And I think that helped for a really nice conversation. That was awesome. Thanks again. Absolutely. So now it's my turn to kind of put you on your toes a little bit. We are going to play Signal 3. I explained how it is. Everyone who listens knows how it goes. So let's go right into it. What is your dream vacation destination? Oof. Anywhere where there's the ocean. I okay. Just, yeah. Have you I, been I, have you been to anywhere specific that you're like, oh, I need to go to this beach again? Probably anywhere in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. St. Thomas is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, but what actually is coming to mind right now is the south of France. Oh, I, okay. I went went to the Mediterranean one time and I would really like to go back there because it is right on the water as well. Sure. So. I I was setting up a Mediterranean cruise, like a two week Mediterranean cruise and then COVID hit. And then that was that, that was the end of that. Mm, I hope you get to do that. I hope so. One day when the world is back Mm -hmm. to normal. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is, if you could identify with a sandwich, what would it be? I don't know why the first one that comes to mind is a Cuban sandwich. Ooh, that's that's a good option. I'm okay with that. There's a uh, there's a Cuban sandwich place in St. Pete that I go to a lot. Well, whenever oh, I'm in St. Pete, so yeah, good. It was the first okay. Cuban sandwich I had. So maybe I'm just like partial to it because of that. But so good. So good. Let's see. Got to go through all the cop questions. What is your favorite donut flavor? Mmm, Blueberry. Okay. That's, that's, I don't think anyone said blueberry before, but I, I think that's such a sleeper hit. Like it's so good. I've never had a blueberry donut. I don't like, but they're just so good. I actually, right before we hit record, I was having a blueberry muffin. So they're pretty close. Amazing. So good. What was your childhood dream job? I wanted to be a chef. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you still cook? 
Yeah, I love to cook. That yeah. is my my mindfulness practice. Nice. Okay. So yeah. kind of like what we were talking about. I exactly. enjoy cooking when I'm cooking for fun. I like it. Mm. You know, like uh, yesterday I made spaghetti and I made the sauce from scratch and everything, oh. which is, you know, I always enjoy doing that. But I feel like the daily, again, we talk about daily routines, right? Like the daily, like, oh, what's for dinner? That's where it kind of gets annoying. But I still, <laughs> even even when I'm just like meal prepping for the week or whatever, I still try to make it an experience but yeah uh, same thing I, I i took to cooking late um because mm. my mom was classic italian mom so she didn't like anyone touching her kitchen or anything but <laughs> you know when she passed away i was like all right i gotta say i gotta learn how to cook so and i did and it's been great awesome. um yeah for sure um fine if you could describe your significant other in one word what would it be fun fun okay mm -hmm. if you're going into the biggest moment in your life uh you know walking to give a big presentation or whatever uh or as i like to say like walking into the ring for a big fight what would be your walk-on song <laughs> this is so silly my husband's wrestling theme song just came to mind which is okay. let's hear it for the boy but it's because i've seen him walk out to that so many times that i'm like i guess that would be mine too <laughs> okay all right i like it i like it uh typically when people answer that question i take that song and i use it to either intro or when they leave the the episode so it'll be fun to play that one that's amazing <laughs> that's okay great. i love it yeah yep. um what's the best piece of piece of advice anyone ever gave you hmm. what we're here to learn we're here to teach i like that i like that i feel like so many uh, you know, we talk about like buyers and sellers, too many people are sellers, not enough buyers. Um, and when you think of like mindfulness and all the things that we talked about today, I feel like it's the opposite. I think so many people are here to, um, absorb it, but now they can also give it back and there's no reason why they can't. Yes. Um, so I think that's a great idea. Um, for sure. Great. I like that. Um, if you were given a do over, what is something in your life that you would do differently? Mm. I don't really like that because I really believe that everything in our life leads us to where we are. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like at some point in my life, I would love to explore cooking more in like a professional setting. Like, yeah. so going to like chef school or something like that would be, yeah, what I would okay. like to, to do over instead of studying psychology yeah. and all nice. that. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I feel that. Yeah. I don't, I don't view that question as like a regret question. A lot of people go, oh, uh, I have no regrets, but I, I just like, you know, like yeah. I always think of life as a bunch of paths, you know, and like, all right, yes. well, which path did you have once that you're like, mm -hmm. eh, what, you know, you thought about doing that one and you didn't. So I, I, I liked your answer a lot with that. Yeah. Cause it could have gone so differently had I chosen that path instead of the one. Right. Right. Absolutely. Out. Not, not necessarily like you regret obviously taking psychology. Right. Obviously that's been very, uh, very successful for you, but just like a, a what if scenario, if you, if Love you got that. that, what if, um, yeah. what, okay. I'm talking late at night, sweatpants, Netflix, binge watching. What's your favorite late night snack? Mm, I love salty things. So mm -hmm. like potato chips, popcorn, pretzels, mm -hmm. anything that's like savory and salty. Yes. Okay. We're, we're the same on that as well. <laughs> um, let's see. We're down to the last question. We are. If you could share a meal with one person dead or alive that you've never met, who would it be and what would you order? I'm, I'm thinking like someone like biblical or like religious or spiritual, like that, like Jesus came to mind, the Buddha, like I, I would love to just sit down and have a, a conversation with, with like some sort of higher conscious being. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I would order um, 
like Asian food is coming to mind. I love like pho, Thai food, yeah, yeah. Vietnamese food, something like that. So nice. something warm and savory. And I picture us like at a table by a fire just. As you were describing that, that's how I saw it too. Especially when you said the Buddha <laughs> and then you're talking Asian food. That's how I see yeah. it. For sure. Yeah. That's great. Amy, this has been an absolute treat. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed kind of picking your brain and and. I was shocked that we had so many things kind of line up together. That was great. Um, if people want to reach out to you, get more um, kind of mindfulness tips or anything, really, is there a way that they can contact you? Yeah, I think the best way would be to follow me on Instagram at Amy Beckler LCSW or check out my website, which is innerbloomwellness.com. Um, you can also add me on Facebook. Uh, I'm on, I'm on SoundCloud. You can find me there, Amy Beckler, and I have meditations there. And, um, yeah, follow me, add me. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then again, hopefully people check out your SoundCloud and use your, your guided meditations as well, because that was great. Loved it. So Amy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, um, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Everyone listening, stay tuned. I'll be right back. I sure do love me some logic. I just could probably let that whole track play out. But um, anyway, I digress. Guys, Amy Beckler, absolutely amazing. Go check her out on Instagram. Go check her out on SoundCloud. Actually, if you guys are interested, I will be releasing um, some videos with, well, just with the audio track of the two guided um, exercises she did. If you're interested, I'm not going to waste my time if you guys aren't interested. If you would like those to like replay, let me know and I will do them. I have them all set, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to waste my time if you guys don't want to see it or don't want to have that resource. Either way, she's amazing. Go go check her out. Go go utilize her services. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I'm being completely honest. I used to do stuff like that all the time. I kind of shot away from it. Headspace got to be a little too expensive for me for my personal life because I really wasn't doing it as much as I should have. So I decided to take it away. Um, 
but you don't need that. Like I said, there's free resources as well. There's Spotify. There's there's um, YouTube. Uh, if you want just like a sound machine or whatever, they've got like three hour long clips or longer. Uh, you really probably don't need a three hour long sound clip just for meditating. I mean, if you want like a sound sound machine for going to sleep or something, yeah. Uh, but anyway, great, absolutely great, and uh, it's so important to stay mindful in these times it is like i you know like i said in the very beginning these times there there's never a time to be more in the moment than being a police officer on us on at work just period at work so you definitely you guys need to work on that obviously don't meditate and close your eyes and work on your breathing in your squad car you know just i feel like we get too complacent in our jobs you know uh, not to Monday morning quarterback anything because I hate when former cops start Monday morning quarterbacking the guys that are still in the arena. But there was a story that came out about the guy in NYPD. He uh, closed his eyes in his police car and he got attacked. Luckily, he walked away and uh, he walked himself out of the hospital um, shortly thereafter. But I am guilty of it too. I used to close my eyes in my car when I knew I shouldn't have, either in public or in the station. I remember one time I closed my eyes in my uh, police car and I had a sergeant doing, I don't know what he was doing, but he was, I was in the back parking lot of the PD and he was like, what's going on, man? And I, I joked and I was like, oh, I had a fight with the wife. And he's like, really? I was like, no, not really, Sergeant. But I was overworking myself. I was I was in between two overtime gigs. I had, I think, three or four hours in between them and I, I didn't have enough time to go home, so I, I slept in my car. Self-care, folks self-care this job will never love you as much as you love it if you are exhausted take the day okay if and 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 if you have admin that aren't allowing you to take a day because you need it like you are listen exhaustion and depression are a form of sick okay so take a sick day it is not the end of the world if you take a sick day don't do it you know to screw over your buddies. Um, if you put in for a vacation day and it got denied, that's the business, unfortunately. But if you literally are having a bad time, take the day, damn it. I, I don't know. I, I can't really drill that into your guys' minds that much more. Take care of yourself. That's what all this is about. Um, you know, nobody out here, nobody with a platform should want cops to get hurt or to hurt themselves. You know, and you, I can say that to every single cop with a platform or former cop with a platform out there. Me, Mike the Cop, uh, Poorly Made, Dennis, all street cop. You know, nobody wants cops getting hurt. No one wants cops hurting themselves. And, you know, it's it's one thing to be really good at this job. And you can be great at this job. But if you are not squared away up top, none of it matters. It, you could be the master of interdiction. You could be, you know, the perfect interrogation officer or detective and you can get every single confession. But if you go home and your head is a mess, what have you accomplished? What have you really accomplished? I made an Instagram post yesterday. It was uh, Elon Musk smoking some weed and um, I'm pulling it up so I can read it for you guys. I said... What if I told you that constantly arresting the same people for the same crimes at the same places means that your tactics aren't working? So I got a little flack from it, and it's good. I wanted the conversation. I was a little busy, so I couldn't engage in the, in the comment wars, but don't worry, it's coming. Here's what I'm saying by that. 
Okay. The purpose of law enforcement is crime prevention, not apprehension. Okay. So that being said, I, I don't want to hear about state attorneys or prosecutors not doling out proper sentences. We know that. Okay. It all falls on the politicians and the, and the, and the lawmakers and the, and the, uh, attorneys. It all does. It, it has from the beginning of time, since the seventies, since my dad was a cop, he told me that, you know, so many people that he locked up should still be locked up and they were out, blah, 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 blah. I get that. We, we can use that as a scapegoat, but we need to focus on the principles of law enforcement by Robert Peel. And I'm going to go over this in detail. I'm going to be having Dave from Hey My Man podcast on, and we're going to be talking about the state of law enforcement as it is right now um, in a few weeks. I've had some scheduling things. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But the nine Peelian principles are the police basic mission is to prevent crime and disorder. Two, the ability of the police to perform their duties depends on public approval. Three, police need the willing cooperation of the public in obeying laws. Four, the willing cooperation of the public diminishes proportionately to the police need to use physical force. Five, police earn public respect not by catering to public or political opinion or self-interest, but by demonstrating absolute impartial service to the law. Six, police should use physical force to secure observance of the law or to restore order only when the exercise of persuasion, advice, and warning is not sufficient. 7. Police should maintain a relationship with the public that gives reality to the historic tradition that police are the public and the public are the police. The police are members of the public who are paid for duties which every citizen would do in the interest of community welfare. 8. Police should always work to prevent crime and disorder and never take the powers of the judiciary. And nine, the test of police efficiency is the absence of crime and disorder. Okay, so what I'm saying in my silly little meme with Elon Musk is saying that if the crime is still happening, then you haven't prevented crime. Okay, your job as a police officer should make that neighborhood, that street corner, that block, that should make a criminal, a would-be criminal go, no, I don't want to do it right here. Okay, yes. Places like California, where I'm talking to Nick Wilson on FaceTime, and I see a gangbanger pushing a stolen car through the freeway with a gat on his waistband. Yeah, okay, there's there's some issues there that maybe the police wouldn't be able to do because no police officer wants to get out with that guy because he's going to have to shoot him, and then there's going to be problems. I get that. I get that. I'm not saying that we're in a perfect society. Absolutely not. But think about this, okay? Sir Robert Peel had that come out in 1829 let's talk i mean i don't have time dave and i are going to talk about it but think about what was happening in the world in 1829 you think it was a perfect place then come on you guys need to think with your minds just a little bit okay there's always been problems there's always been corruption there's always been issues with the government okay i'm not saying any of that is wrong i'm not saying you guys are incorrect okay i'm saying as police officers we in the profession, you need to take responsibility, okay? And I'm just saying that if you're going to arrest the same dope boy at the same street corner every single night, get your stats up, you're not being effective. Sorry sorry, you guys don't want to hear that. You're not being effective. Okay, that being said, much respect to everybody that is out there, but work smarter, not harder, and take care of yourself. That's what I'm saying. Especially when we 
go back to what I was originally talking about is you are risking your life for something that isn't working necessarily, right? Every once in a while, yes, we do get we do get a win. Uh, we'll get a drug dealer who's going to spend a couple of years in prison. Occasionally, we do get the win. Occasionally, we do. But, I mean, I'm saying the job is going to be here. People are going to commit crimes. You're not going to win policing, right? Infinite mindset. Uh, I'm going to have George Frannick on in a little while. I'm going to have... We're doing Leadership Academy 2. And we're going to talk about infinite mindset and how that applies to policing. Um, you're not going to win policing. You're not. There's never going to be zero crime. As a matter of fact, I want to give a big round of applause to drugs for winning the war on drugs. Hey, you guys are legal now. Way to freaking go, guy. Good job. Point being, I fully respect those of you still in the job. And if my brain had accepted the trauma that it received over the past several months, I'd still be in it with you guys. I had every full intention of doing so. My brain went, nope, we're done. And who's to say I'm going to be out forever? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But be smart about it, guys. That's really what this whole tan is about. Is just be smart about it and be effective. Listen, you. everyone got in this job for mostly altruistic reasons. Just remember that. But at the same time, you need to take care of yourself. Don't pour from your cup. Pour from the saucer, which catches the overflow from your cup. Okay? So basically, make sure that, which I played a few weeks ago. Basically meaning, make sure that you have more than enough before you start helping everyone out. And we're so quick to pour from a half-empty cup or, or less. And I always say you can't pour from an empty cup, but it is what it is, guys. And I just I want to make sure everybody's happy, healthy, and safe. And that's what I'm trying to do here. Hopefully you guys are still listening. I really appreciate it. Once again, Amy Beckler, guys. The music today we had Here Comes the Boy, <laughs> which was silly we had logic uh, confessions of a dangerous mind and then we're going to wrap it up in just a second with tonight alive and their cover of little lion man originally by mumford and sons next week we have erica Gaines from tac mobility in arizona i'm um, sorry this was a day late i was doing family stuff and again priorities family outweighs the podcast is what it is i hope you guys enjoyed it and hopefully this coming out on a friday morning wasn't too detrimental to my play numbers which i mean <laughs> That's a different story for a different time. Anyway, uh, like I said, we got that coming. We have Brad Gilmore coming up the week after that. Then we've got um, we've got Ten Eight International finally happening. We're going to interview my buddy from Germany. Then we've got some other things coming up that I got to work on the schedule. And uh, I had a great conversation planned. We had an officer from Las Vegas Metro. She was going to come on, tell us all about it. Uh, tell us about working in Las Vegas. We're going to talk about the um, country festival shooting and kind of the, the the hunter mentality and how you survive that. But things happen. People can't talk about certain things without the PIO getting involved. Whatever. I respect it. Wish we could have had that conversation. So I got to restack the deck a little bit. No big deal. We've done it before. So until next time, friends, take care of each other. Stay safe. And um, yeah. We'll see you next time. Check out the merch store. We got new stuff coming very soon. Today, out. Weep for yourself, my man. You'll never be what is in your heart. Weep, little lion man. You're not as brave as you were at the start. Rate yourself and rake yourself. Take all of the courage you have left.
wasted on fixing all the problems that you made in your own head. But it was not your fault but mine, and it was your heart on the line. I really fucked it up this time, denied my dear. Didn't 